Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I enjoy hearing you every morning. Your mom is so fat, when she wears heels, she strikes oil. <laughs> <laughs> Them hogs, man. Them hogs can't do no wrong, fella. Have you ever slapped a bag, Tommy? I'm Sparks of the Knoxville News Signal about the Tennessee Volunteers and what's going on with their football program. We'll do that coming up. Finally found a sport we're athletic enough to cover this week in the Cornhole Championship. Yeah. So that's why we're here in Branson. All right, looking forward to talking to Adam in a second. It's Hot Take Monday, brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. The best brands, the best prices, and my favorite part is that lifetime warranty on every new RV they sell. It's all at Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, and discover with Wheels RV. Adam, I had to change your contact this morning because it had the Tennessean on there. Now I have to continuously say Knoxville News Signal so I don't screw that up. So if I do it at any point this morning, just yell and scream at me and I'll get it right, I promise. But uh, big news last week coming out of Knoxville with the Tennessee football program. You're the one that, that broke the story about the NCAA listing 18 violations. Uh, what all have you learned just kind of what, what's going on with the Tennessee football program right now? Well, I, I think it's, you know, when you look at that high number of violations, an 18 level one is a really, really big number. Uh, it, it, I guess it's important of context to understand what that is. I think sometimes people see that and think, well, this is just, uh, you know, handing out money to players over a number of years. It, it, it's that in some cases, in, in others it's not. Uh, the, the better part of this, is recruiting violations during the COVID year, during the dead period. So if you remember in, uh, in 2020, there's a dead period across college football. You weren't, because of COVID, you weren't supposed to have, you know, recruits on campus. We were, you know, all avoiding contact with other humans. Uh, and, you know, so the NCAA shut down recruiting during that time. Well, some schools, Tennessee for sure, other schools, I'm sure also, <laughs> um, some schools still brought in recruits. They still still brought them in for unofficial visits. And in Tennessee, in its case, did what you would normally do with official visits if it wasn't a dead period, which is you bring them in, you pay for their hotel, you pay for their meals, for their entertainment, for their transportation, all those sort of things. That was against NCAA uh, rules at the time because it's a dead period. You're just supposed to be calling players or texting them in the, uh, in the live periods, but not the dead periods. 
and uh, and they instead continued recruiting as if it was it was just regular recruiting periods, and uh, and they did that under the table and paid for all these expenses. So it, it, now that that's a a big portion of it. It involved a number of recruits, a number of players that actually ended up enrolling and signing at Tennessee, and then there's some separate violations where they paid some other expenses for players. The ones that caught my attention most were. Uh, were done by Casey Pruitt, who is Jeremy Pruitt, the head coach Jeremy Pruitt's wife. Um, she paid, I think it was just under $16,000 to a player and the player's mother for uh, rent and for car payments. And it's, it's a little strange to see. I've seen some NCAA notice of allegations uh, over the years. I haven't, I don't recall seeing one where the coach was slipping money I believe it's five hundred dollars at a time over the course of a couple of years uh, to players for rent and uh, and car payments. So there was that. Jeremy Pruitt uh, allegedly gave three thousand dollars to a player to pay for his mother's medical expenses. Can't fault him too much there as a human, but that is against NCAA rules. And uh, and so that added up to about sixty thousand dollars in terms of benefits and cash that were given. In the NIL era, that's a pretty small number, but this was pre-NIL, and this is also things that aren't even allowed during during this era. Right. So I don't want to ask about this because I read your report last week about the rent and the car payments uh, and Pruitt's wife, and that was eyebrow-raising. The, the trips to campus, though, that, that intrigues me from the standpoint of were those being run through like normal university expenses like they normally would in a recruiting uh, period where it was allowed like it is now where the hotels and the meals and the travel like you mentioned? And if so, if the university was picking up the tab on that, where was the administration when those expense reports or those expenses were hitting the books? How, how did all of that or what's the allegation on how all that was flowing and where was administration when all of this was going on during that COVID period? Well, it doesn't appear that this was done on any kind of official base. Um, now, the, still looking through the report, it, it looks like a lot of the stuff was uncovered in some of the investigations, especially with lower-level recruiting staff. I think there was a lot of immunity given to players and their families. That, that's pretty common. Uh, you, you, and, and so I, I think a lot of it was gathered there. Some of the uh, some of the mirroring of iPhones of, of university phones, you can gather information from that. That appears that was the case. Some in this instance, and I don't think they were filing official expense reports in the athletic department. And I say that because Tennessee was hit with a failure to monitor recruiting visits, uh, but it was not hit with a lack of institutional control. So it said you guys were asleep at the wheel, but you didn't. You didn't knowingly allow cheating, and that's actually a small victory for Tennessee because it'll probably reduce some of the sanctions. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the big question is Philip Fulmer, who was the athletic director at the time. Uh, he's not implicated in this. He's not named in the report. He did conveniently retire the day that Jeremy Pruitt was fired, and the NCAA investigation was uh, was announced. Um, but it, you know, I mean. Philip Fulmer was the head coach and oversaw recruiting visits, you know, for decades at Tennessee. And to think that he was the athletic director and didn't notice during COVID when recruits were not allowed to be on campus, that suddenly there was dozens of high school athletes walking around getting tours of the facilities. Uh, it, it, 
it you know you 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 wonder how how the AD could not recognize that and say that kind of looks like a recruit on a visit, but he's not implicated. They they did their investigation and he's not named anywhere in there. So that's I guess as far as you can take it. So what is the best case scenario? What is the belief would be best case scenario and then worst case scenario when the NCAA in whatever time period gets around to handing down their punishments? Well, Tennessee has three months to respond, and it's another two months for the NCAA to respond to their response. So this will probably go till early next year unless they can sort of agree on some penalties, which, which is possible. There will be some negotiations in there. Could grind the wheels a little bit if Tennessee has to have Pruitt and the other coaches agree to the penalties. I don't think they're going to agree to a show cause, even though that's, I would say that's likely a show cause order for Pruitt. Uh, at least two or three of his assistants, the recruiting staff. Those guys are in the NFL, are coaching at high school now, so it's not going to affect them that much. It would essentially ruin Jeremy Pruitt's coaching career in college. And, you know, that's a guy that would be a sought-after defensive coordinator anywhere. He was an analyst in the NFL last year. I suspect that's probably his route going forward. So show calls for those guys. Um, Tennessee's already cut about – they cut about a dozen scholarships last year self-imposed. I could see them cutting a few more maybe this year. I think they're about five or six under the 85 now. I, I, w- I would expect the NCAA would say you got to cut a few more, and I would I would expect the NCAA would vacate probably most of Jeremy Pruitt's wins because there were ineligible players we know now playing in those games. That doesn't really – I mean, that's a stain on the program. I don't, I don't know that it changes that much. He was 16 and 19 in three years, had one winning season – uh, won the Gator Bowl over Indiana. So if you want to erase that from the media guide, I would say Tennessee would probably be perfectly fine with that. What they don't want is a bowl ban. They did not self-impose that. And and new NCAA legislation is supposed to suggest that you don't, you don't do bowl bans or things that punish current players when it was primarily former players that were, that were implicated. And so, Tennessee's hoping that holds up and they don't get a bowl ban, but we probably won't know till after the season. We're talking with Adam Sparks this morning. He broke the story last week about the Tennessee football program for the Knoxville News Sentinel. Now, you just alluded to it, Adam, the self-imposed stuff, and it was self-reported violations, which I always find kind of interesting because it sometimes seems that the NCAA even puts the hammer down harder on some of these. Uh, do you, Just kind of your thoughts on how Tennessee – went about this and did it have to do with them trying to find dirt on Pruitt seemingly when they were trying to get rid of him, and maybe it ends up backfiring on him now today? Yeah. I mean, he was a coach that was going to be on the hot seat anyway. And so the Senate can look at this and say that this worked out well for Tennessee, that you, you, you found cheating and you pushed a guy out the door who maybe would have been pushed out the door not too long after that anyway. As I mentioned, he was 16 and 19 in three seasons. wasn't setting the world on fire uh, as a head coach in the SEC. Um, you know, they they were going to owe him 12.6 million dollars in a buyout. To date, they have not paid one penny to him, and it doesn't look like they're going to pay him any money. So, in, in terms of that, things worked out pretty well. Uh, the the chancellor at the time is a fairly new chancellor, Dondi Plowman came in and it was reported directly to her she was tipped off her office was uh, back a couple of years ago that there were some violations occurring she immediately her office immediately told the ncaa they started an internal investigation they cleaned house of all the coaches 
they ran everybody out, and and then they they spent close to two million dollars since then on legal fees, uh, doing their own investigation, trying to dig up as much dirt as they could. My understanding is, it's it's at least referenced some in the NCAA report, is that Tennessee found more than the NCAA did. When they would find it, they would let the NCAA know. You know, hey, I know you guys found this many violations. We just found a few more, and here's what they are. So those were mitigating factors in the report. NCAA commends UT quite a bit for doing that, and, you know, that's supposed to help you out, but there's been instances in the past when that did not help schools out. Again, this is supposed to be a new era. There's a new constitution that comes into effect in a few days uh, in the NCAA, and it's supposed to – help schools out when they do these self-reporting type things and you know we'll see if that comes to fruition adam with the the covid year and you mentioning that tennessee had or allegedly had guys on campus i I wonder how much that occurred across college football particularly in the sec i would think that it, it was pretty prevalent that people were breaking rules how much do you think that was going on during that year? I mean, we'll we'll probably never know. I mean, you heard it back then, and, and I've heard it a little more since, that, well, what Tennessee was doing, other schools were doing. I would say the problem with Tennessee is that they were doing it more brazenly. Uh, they were bringing a lot of recruits in. Um, they were, I mean – it's not like it was one hotel and one restaurant they were using. And, again, there's not anything wrong with doing that under normal recruiting circumstances when you have official visitors. But if you look through the report, there's like 20 different hotels and and just dozens of different restaurants. And they're in Knoxville. They're going to nearby Gatlinburg. They're, uh, there's nail salons where all the moms of the recruits are going to get manis and petties and so this was this was in plain view around Knoxville, if you knew what to look for, and I think probably other schools did that, but they did it more discreetly. I mean, if you can say anything, you can say Jeremy Pruitt cheated in a way that a lot of other coaches cheat, but he did it really poorly. And I, I, I do think my theory is that some of the other stuff probably wouldn't have been found out had that not occurred. I mean, they're they're paying for benefits for a few hundred dollars here and there. Uh, these uh, these impermissible recruiting visits that tipped off Tennessee and the NCAA, and then they look further into it, and then they find out that the coach's wife is paying for rent and car payments to players. My theory is that they wouldn't even have found any of that other stuff had they not been looking for these low-level uh, recruiting violations. Yeah. So where does this leave the reputation and the uh, – uh, where does this leave Philip Fulmer after issues as a coach, missing SEC media days that one day to avoid being served, all the uh, the things that kind of came up t- towards the end of his tenure, and now this, you know, he's maybe dodging a bit of a stain as the AD. Does does this hurt his reputation? Where does this leave his standing in the in the minds of his of his tenure at the uh, University of Tennessee in the in the eyes of the fans and the media there? I don't know that it changes that much. I mean, Phil Fulmer has been somewhat of a polarizing figure. If you ever talk to him in person, he's a, he, I mean, he, he comes off as a really good guy. I've talked to him a number of times. Uh, I find no character flaws in just the, the conversations that I have had with him. He, he's a, he was a Tennessee player, longtime coach, evolved for life type guy. 
He won them a na- won them a national championship in 1998. He's beloved by his former players. Uh, he's hated by uh, there's disdain for a certain segment that feels like that he uh, pushed Johnny Majors out to get the job, and that that's there, there is something to that. Um, I, this is maybe seems like an odd comparison, but politically in our climate right now, if you look at the former president Donald Trump and you say people love him, people hate him. And anything that comes up with him, those two groups don't change. Whether you do love him or hate him, you're probably going to have the same opinion of him no matter what new information comes out. I think there's some similarities to that with Philip Fulmer. The ones that think this is our greatest coach of all time and he won us the national championship, and he's always going to be that guy up on a pedestal for me. Or if you think he cheated, he was a little crooked, he pushed a beloved coach out, and he's not what he seems. If you think that, this probably just you know added to your opinion of that. And so I don't think this really changes anything of how people look at Philip Fulmer from either side. Adam, we'll leave it there. We appreciate your time this morning. I know you've been busy doing a lot of radio interviews with the story you broke last week. Uh, only 40 days out till SEC football, man. I know you're excited, and uh, we look forward to chatting again at some point. All right, guys. Good to be on. We'll see you Good stuff from Adam Sparks of the Knoxville News Signal. If you haven't read his report on the Tennessee stuff and you're interested, it's a really good piece, Tommy. Yeah, so uh, check that out. And uh, interesting to see. And I don't, I don't know if Tennessee will be the, the, the first or the last or both in uh, recruiting violations that happened during COVID. But I remember us specifically having a conversation with uh, about this on the air when all of that was going on during COVID. How many schools are going to get caught slapped on the wrist, stricken down, whatever happens for, for exactly what we're talking about here, and that's having recruits on campus when it was forbidden during COVID. Uh, so I think it's uh, interesting to see if there's going to be more of this that comes along. Yeah, we'll wait on that uh, coming up. I, just I, don't, I don't imagine many are going to raise their hand like Tennessee did, though, and say, yeah. hey, not only do we break these laws and these rules, but we got about 10 more you missed, Mr. IRS or Mr. State Trooper. Or what, I mean, that's essentially what they've done is – during the audit process of all your returns, hey, I know you, you found all these things in the last three years, but we went back, and for 15 more years, we were really screwing up on these things, too. That's pretty much what Tennessee has done to themselves, and uh, that seems counter counterproductive for sure. I would agree on that. So um, we'll see. I think in the, in the world of NIL, though, it'll be interesting to see where some of this comes down. But the stuff with Pruitt's wife, to me, is the most interesting stuff to come out of uh, – to come out of this, these reports from Adam. Good stuff there. Good interview with uh, with Adam. You can read that uh, online if you want to kind of get more of the details in the background. We're live in Branson this morning. We're at the Hilton Convention Center in uh, downtown Branson. It's where all the action is going to be happening with the American Cornhole Organization's World Championships get underway uh, today, go through Saturday. You get all the schedules. You can find out where to stay. There's lots of great places to stay in Branson. We're in one of the finest here at the Hilton downtown. There's, in fact, two Hiltons downtown, but this convention center property here is just fabulous. So if you get a chance to stay here uh, on a trip up this week or in the future, you will not be disappointed. Great restaurants, great places to eat. And, Ty, part of your trip can be watching some of the world's finest cornhole players. Some call it Bago. You may know it as that. But they're going to be competing this uh, this week in the World Championships. Uh, all week. So make sure you come up and enjoy yourself this week. If you get an opportunity, it would definitely be uh, something fun to do. All right, so the SEC, we mentioned the order of rankings that came out in the West and the East. 
We also have the first, second, and third teamers on this list. Some of the names you know, some of you didn't. Ricky Stromberg is the guy that you're going to want to keep an eye on on offense for the first team along with Jalen Catalan. They were both first teamers for Arkansas. Not really surprised to see either of those guys listed as a first teamer. Uh, And some of the others that you probably know, Bryce Young, obviously the starting quarterback for Alabama, Tank Tank Bigsby, who's the running back for Auburn. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, this is a, game, a name that might be a little unfamiliar to our audience. He is the transfer in from Georgia Tech. Brock Bowers had a great year for Georgia this last year. Some of the names that you stood out. Now, you mentioned earlier, you didn't. who do you think deserved to be on this list for Arkansas that didn't get on this list? You mentioned Cam Little, and I, that's one I heard Derek talking about, and that's probably one I didn't think of at first, but is exactly spot on. I mean, Arkansas special teams really improved mm-hmm. and and should have, uh, you know, probably gotten a little more highlights. I think Cam Little's one that, uh, when you look there, Arkansas doesn't really have anyone yet at, you know, running back that's missing or a proven wide receiver. Uh, you know, there's a few players on, on defense I think may make a case by the end of the year but haven't made that case yet. You know, this award's about so much about what you did last year and the in the last two years than it is about kind of what you thought of and then, the, the portal has changed everything, but I, I'm kind of with you guys. I think Cam Little's a name that should have gotten more consideration considering his statistics. Yeah, and there are some talented place kickers on this list, but don't be surprised if Cam ends up in the postseason. What I mentioned earlier and what you've talked about before, it's 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 nice to be on the preseason list, but the postseason list are the one that matter as they do in rankings themselves. So. Hopefully Arkansas doesn't just have four all these SEC selections in the postseason, but they have several more. But don't be surprised. If I'm a Arkansas Razorback and I felt like I deserved to be on this list, I mean, that's just more motivation, add fuel to fire when it comes to this this upcoming season, I think, in, yeah. from an individual standpoint. Yeah, and I think, you know, some will use it more than others. Um, you know, in the end, you know, Arkansas has got to win probably – eight to nine ball games this year to probably have better representation postseason. Let's be honest. It's, these lists are tied directly to how many games you win and how many games you lose. You lose spots on this, and, and there can be some exceptions with a few standout players, but you know that's that's where it's ultimately got to be, and I'm still of the belief you could be a better football team this year and with this schedule and with the lack of the super seniors and the COVID seniors and all that comparatively, you know, you could end up, because Arkansas seemed to have a few more of those than maybe most of the programs last year, you could still end up being a seven- or eight-win program in the regular season and actually have improved your football team. Yeah, this schedule this year is something we keep coming back to because of how brutal it is. Now, you are better as a football team. You're better at the state of the program where you were a year or so ago, so that helps. But you still, with non-conference games, including Cincinnati, BYU on the road and even Liberty, who you're not lucky. Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter, you don't have to suit up against them this year. But Fickle and Freeze will have his guys ready to pl- have their guys ready to play this up season. We are 40 days out. I know it's hard to believe. Pretty soon it'll be a month away. Then it'll be two weeks. You said fall camp said to start in what two weeks? Je- I, I hadn't seen the schedule. Uh, maybe you got s- some winter. That'd be generally it's around a month out. So I would guess August. Uh, let me pull my calendar up. But usually that Thursday or Friday, and that first week of August uh, would be my guess. So August second, third, somewhere, somewhere in there. I would guess August uh, probably fourth, fourth or fifth would be my guess. 
Do you have a fall camp ritual? Is there something you do every single year? <laughs> well, Derek and I used to always wonder why they called it fall camp because it's going to be about 119 degrees yeah. out there on that turf. So why do we call it fall camp? It ought to be preseason camp, but everybody calls it calls it that. Yeah, my, my ritual is to stay in the air conditioning yeah. and read the reports. It gets, you don't get to see a whole lot out there, so that's... That's my ritual uh, right now. We'll just talk about it on the radio. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLE. E-A-V. That's B-L-E-A-V to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. PristineAuction.com is the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site. With an A-plus BBB rating, auctions on PristineAuction.com start at just $1, and each day there are over 1,000 autographed items available. So you win signed authentic signatures at affordable prices. Just last week, an autographed Justin Herbert jersey sold for $110. Deals like these are happening all the time on PristineAuction.com, and they have just about every player you could want in including Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and so much more. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Upgrade your collection of signed memorabilia today and get $10 off your first item one when you use code HTL when you sign up. Again, pristineauction.com, use code HTL and get $10 off your first item one. And that's not all. In addition to $10 off your first item, we are giving away a signed Traylon Burks Arkansas Razorbacks jersey to one lucky listener who signs up using this code HTL. Here's your chance to win. All you have to do is sign up on their website using our registration code HTL to be entered. Visit pristineauction.com slash register today. Now back to the podcast. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Now he does a tightrope act. Boy, Houdini's in the house. We're number three, and nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! For Red River Dodge, Morning Rush Daily question. Red River Dodge and Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on to RedRiverDodge.com. Drew, let's go ahead and play this clip. Here is Lane Kiffin reacting to his daughter that uh, spent a little, a little too much on the credit card, apparently. I don't even know what to do. How much was it? I don't know. $721. <laughs> Dad, stop. I know you didn't hear. $721. I don't know what that was for. Shoes, I couldn't hear. Yeah. Purse, dress. I don't really care. But I I, per, I don't have a daughter. Now, the burden I, of wealth is real in the Kiffin household. So. And, I, and I, was trying to, I was trying to think back because I was actually – pretty prudent with my dad's credit card so i knew if i torched it i'd never get to use it again so when he said hey i need you to go buy a pair of basketball shoes or do this go dad or if it was my own money i just for the most part i didn't spend a lot of it so 
here's my question. What is the <laughs> yeah, mo- why spend your own when you can spend someone else's, yeah. right? Why spend – what is the most amount of money that one of your kids has spent on your credit card? For any of our listeners this morning at 877-377-6963. Now, I haven't had my credit card hacked, and I guess the shopping spree was when someone brought – what was it? They bought a bike and a Victoria's Secret gift card, I think is what yeah, it was. You said it was somebody That else. was like a year or so ago. I yeah. think that's what it was that ended up racking me up $600, which Capital One gave back. Thank goodness. But do you have a story like this, Well, un- Lane Kiffin? I, I, not, a, not a $700 story, no. But, you know, in today's time, when we were a kid, your, your dad's or mom's credit card wasn't tied to an Apple account or, a, um, you know, some other variety of account where they can log into a device and spend your money. But that is what I have found to be probably uh, the most frustrating as a dad right now is, Somehow these like you know points and you know coins and things for games and they're t- they're attached to your Apple ID and your credit cards attached to your Apple ID. Uh, my, the Microsoft Store for Xbox things like that is what for, it's it's uh, you know they used to say they, we nickeled and dimed them back in the day. Well now they five and ten and twenty you. And if you're lucky, uh, every now and then it's not a hundred. If you can avoid those, so those are the things I guess that are most irritating with kids these days is. Well, who bought, you know, who bought an Xbox Pass, you know, extra whatever it is. I don't even know what all this stuff is. For night, it's 10 bucks here. It's 6 bucks there. It's That's the what they're doing to me. The upgrades on the video yeah, games that's what are kills me. very, I watch my roommates because, again, I haven't played video games consistently since junior year, but I know that Dylan probably sees something pop up, oh. the extra tokens, hey, I need new skin, the armor, Dad. I need a new skin. Whatever. You need a what? And you're just looking at him like, <laughs> you're just so confused. You're like, Why? Hey, there's this battle axe. And we need this battle axe so we can get through and kill this dragon. And I'm like, you're, huh? He's going like all this stuff. And you're <laughs> and they know. They've learned to catch you in that moment where, well, how much is it? You know, you're watching the game or something's going on. You know, you're trying to do a radio show. <laughs> Some, but it's six, it's five ninety nine. All right, go ahead. Get a, just get a, you know, you know. And then they think that's perpetual permission to just get whatever. Well, Dad, it was three in the morning, and I really had to have this gun, this uh, this this uh, bazooka that I, that I needed to win this this level and get to the next level. And it was only nine ninety nine, and <laughs> I just really didn't want to wake you up. Do you let your kids play <laughs> Xbox or PS Four or PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, or I don't know which console? You're he saying has. things I don't know what yeah. all they mean. So, so parents, you probably know this. <laughs> we have an Xbox. If that, that okay. means anything, my guess is Dylan. He has Xbox Live, if I had to guess. Now, for the longest time, our parents wouldn't let us get it because they were afraid of us talking to strangers online. Essentially, yeah, yeah we, which my I, wife monitors a lot of that and who he plays with. And and for the most part, from what we can tell, and, you know, he's probably smarter than us at maybe conceal, concealing some of this, but he gets a lot, of, a lot of neighborhood and school buddies. Yeah, and that's There's what, a few kids from around the country. We don't know who they are, but. But you yeah. become friends with just playing online, yeah. and that's what my parents yeah. were afraid of is, like, me playing with, like, a 60-year-old dude or something. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, look, all I'm going to do is play with my friends like Dylan is doing. So that, yeah. for the longest time, they didn't let us have it, and I finally convinced him, I think, when we were, like, 16 or 17. But that was annoying because all my friends were playing it. But I do remember, like, we would buy the game itself. You buy 50. I don't know what they cost now, Tommy, but this, like, Halo 3, I think I remember, it was, like, 50 bucks. And 50 bucks is it? teenager was a ton we me and my brother saved up and split it and then i remember there was all these enhancements and stuff that you'd have to buy yeah. and a new, I, a new skin yeah, just all this armor i'm gonna give you some new skin the campaign packages <laughs> and just like 
They just, like you said, nickel, and it wasn't uh, just nickel and diamond. It was the five and ten in there. Just oh, like, I think we goodness. got a sub- like a nine ten dollar a month subscription, so they can play all the games on something. I don't know. So you you know. Game game fly is that what so you're saying? You, where you can buy what rent whenever game again, <laughs> right over the head. And you just have a lot of different um, things that are coming out of your account that oh. you ask Lord, like, what's that? It's like, oh, we need it, and you're just mm. like, oh, okay. Hell yeah. Fun. We don't know the difference between need and, and want, want at my house. There's a difference on that. Keep, re- if keep preaching that sermon. It doesn't sink in. And no one puts any money in the offering plate when I pass it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, need and want. As soon as you can dis- discover the difference between those two, you'll be better off in life. We well, have not figured that out at my house. Let's hear if Tom has one. Tom, we were playing the audio clip of Lane Kiffin's daughter. I think her name's Presley, spending over $700 at the mall and I know that you're, and I think if I remember correctly, you have two daughters. I don't know if one of them ever spent that much. Do you have a credit card score story from one of your offspring that might have ticked you off back in the day? <laughs> um, no, I got three, and um, they've all been pretty good with not going berserk. I mean, you know, we keep them up with clothes a little, and back in the day, and video games and stuff. But they, they've they've all been good kids. That's good. That's good that you don't have seem he's to protecting have, his own. Yeah, I, mean, I can he, hear it in his voice. He's, he's holding he's holding back a little bit. You're protecting those kids. You're a good dad, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean they've they've all had you know little sprees of this and that, but I mean we, we've kept it within reason. We, yeah. We've we've had a good handle on the finances, I'd say. But let's face it. Lane Kiffin's kids, one of the, one of them going berserk for seven hundred dollars at the store is about like one of our kids spending ten bucks. <laughs> Yeah, when it comes to the comparison sake, yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. I I'm mean, not too worried about him. It's a little but, but I heard what y'all were talking about before I came on. The, the platforms and the games have just kind of crept up, 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 and you go from uh, Wii's to Switches and all that kind of stuff, oh, and yeah. the platform gets more expensive. So we've tried to keep business. them somewhat up. We should have been game designers, Tom. We'd, we wouldn't be, we'd be uh, having this conversation on an island somewhere. Oh, man. Don't you know it? Mm -hmm. Tom, let's uh, talk about these all-SEC selections. I know some Arkansas fans were disappointed not to see K.J. Jefferson in the spot that Will Levis was put at as third team. Cam Little is another name that uh, some Arkansas fans feel like deserve to be on one of these lists. Uh, What were your thoughts on Friday when you saw the all-SEC selections? Well, I mean, really not surprised at all. I mean, K.J., you know, great production. He had a fantastic year. Um, but, um, you know, Hendon Hooker, uh, there's a lot more folks who cover Tennessee that were closer to Atlanta than Arkansas folks. Uh, so, I mean, this is just a media vote. And then and Will Levis uh, at third team, the dude passed for a ton of yards. And when I heard the Kentucky folks talking about him, the way he uh, spins it, like even through wind and stuff like that, he's got a great arm. So, we're talking about a, a pro-style QB versus KJ. So if KJ wants to use that for fuel, you know, more power to him. Um, I, I I went with that storyline some last year because he was rated 14th, which I thought was absurd. Um, and he proved that, you know, he was way, way better than the 14th best starting quarterback. This year, you could argue he's somewhere around three, four, something like that. And, um I, I hope it. I hope he uses it for motivation. Um, as far as kickers, I mean, Will Reichard for Alabama. I think he had a perfect field goal year or, or a perfect kicking year altogether. 
either last year or the year before. So he's a really good one. Anders Carlson, Auburn, meh, you know, I think you could compare Cam Little's range and consistency with Anders Carlson easily. And then the third guy, Harrison Mevis at Missouri, I mean, he had a fantastic year. I mean, he's been clutch in game-winning situations, high percentage. So, you know, it's just one of those things where Harrison's probably been in the spotlight and kicked a few more field goals than than Cam Little. But, you know, if, if, if we say going into the next year, Cam Little's not on the top three, then, then I got a problem with it probably. You know, I know you were in Atlanta and probably didn't get to watch as much of the SEC now coverage. And, you know, Tebow and Jordan Rogers and some of these guys on there. And I thought they kept coming back to the point because all of these top five list of quarterbacks they kept making up last early in the week last week and giving their opinions you know, varied so much. And I think the reality is, Tom, that really from number two to about number seven or eight in this league in quarterbacks is pretty razor thin on the difference. And, you know, if KJ is going to be number two or three when the season's over, it's going to come down to can he pick up where he left off and then continue to improve with the passing game? That's a huge question mark, and I think he had been a lot higher on most people's list and then on on this all-SEC media selection if he had Burks back. He doesn't, and I think that's one question mark. Do you, do you think that's a fair evaluation that Burks not being there is probably holding uh, the opinion of KJ back as much as anything? Well, I mean, and completely, and of course, everything is subjective. I didn't see any of the coverage other than that Tebow didn't have him in his top five. Right. But I think you're right. Um, and team success is going to have a lot to do with how highly valued these quarterbacks are. That's why that's why KJ had such a great year. Like Kendall Bryles talking about him. Like, here, here's how he can get better, da da da, da. But look, the, the final measure of a quarterback is what, what does he help his team do? And for Arkansas to go from three wins to nine, that's why KJ was so, you know, celebrated in what he performed last year. Uh, it's a little bit of a starting over point with him and the offense because they do lose Traylon Burks, and maybe they're going to be more run centered than a lot of teams in the SEC. But yeah, when you're talking about new guys like Jackson Dart and Spencer Rattler, what what are they going to do? Um, are are they not in the top five? I don't know, uh, but. You know, you've got different guys, um, in, in addition to the ones we've mentioned, um, you've got guys at other teams, uh, Will, Will Rogers, like the dude passed probably for more yards than anybody in the conference last year. But how he's viewed is going to be, you know, how well does Mississippi State play? Um, you know, LSU. They, who knows? Who's, will it be Daniels? Will it be Brennan? Um, not quite proven either guy so far on the SEC stage. But if the team comes along, they'll be viewed highly. So, you know, ton of good quarterbacks in the SEC. Just like with basically any position, edge rusher, whatever, there's going to be great guys. One of the last stories on your way out of town was Tennessee and the, uh, the kind of the drop in the news cycle there of the notice of allegations and the 51 pages that came out. I know you've had a chance to probably look over some of the, the, the headlines on this and look into it. I thought – uh, as our conversation with Adam Sparks earlier in the show, we you know, talked about uh, Coach Pruitt's wife, Casey Pruitt, giving money for to to a player for rent and car payments is probably the most damning of this. But, Tom, a lot of this goes back to the COVID period when all of the recruitment process was shut down. Tennessee said, no, not in Knoxville, it's not. And that's where a lot of this is rooted for. What was your <laughs> takeaways from the allegations against Tennessee? 
Um, yeah, my takeaways were that, of course, this dropped on Friday. Um, it's going to be hard for Jeremy Pruitt to find um, a spot in college football again because I think a show cause will come from this. Uh, Pat Forty particularly took him in Tennessee to task, and basically the fan base as well for, you know, the Greg Schiano mess, you know, where the fans basically revolted, did not want Greg Schiano hired, which then led to uh, Curry's displacement as AD, which brought um, <clears throat> Phil Fulmer back in. And uh, it seemed like it was a good old boy situation. Let's let's hire one of Nick's best. Well, it turns out that Pruitt, you know, wasn't one of Nick's best. Not only – I thought he was a poor communicator with us, um, but, you know, obviously there was something going on in the program where they felt like they had to cut some corners. And when you read through what the SI.com folks, because um, Ross Dellinger covered it as well, what they talked about – was the fact that they were recruiting during the COVID shutdown was about the most egregious of this because it, it, it was a clear competitive advantage. And, you know, we, we've talked on this show numerous times about the NCAA and enforcement losing its teeth. But in this case, and the Tennessee folks uh, were complying. I mean, they did their own investigation. In this case, they came with some teeth. And I think um, it seems to me, reading through it, that bowl bans might be off the table because it punishes the current coach and players who had nothing to do with it. So it's probably going to be more loss of scholarship, you know, which is going to make Josh Heupel and his staff have a thinner margin for you know making mistakes in recruiting. So it's they're going to feel the effects of it. Um, I like Heupel. Uh, I like his presence. Um, their offense could be as fast as any in the country, and um, but. Jeremy Pruitt's in a heap of trouble. So, Tom, what is the proper way to go about deciding Tennessee's fate? I know Mark Emmert is going to be retired as of July 2023 or June 2023, but seeing these penalties, seeing these alleged um, things that the program has done wrong, what do you think is a justifiable response from the NCAA when they come to decide on this? Well, the way that Pat Forty and Dellinger wrote about it was that almost as if they, you know, you trust their contacts, which include NCAA personnel or people in enforcement and, you know, transition committee stuff, that that punishing the current team, which means bowl bans, that, that's a major, um, you know, a, a major hit on your recruiting. But if you limit the number of players you can bring in, even though it hurts them, it's not an, an, an inducement like, hey, Tennessee can't play in the postseason. Don't go there. Well, they can still play in the postseason. It's just going to be harder. So I think it's going to re- involve scholarship reduction because there's really not a whole lot of other options. I mean, you can reduce, you know, recruiting visits and thing, things like that. And I think all those are in play. Uh, but, you know, apparently, you know, 18 major infractions and they're all level one, yeah, that's tough. That's a good chunk of them. Uh, Tom, we've talked all football to this point, but we also got some Arkansas news, big-time Arkansas news, that Brady Slavens announced that he's coming back to the Arkansas baseball team for this next season. I think it was a little unexpected for some that just expected him to move on. Uh, What is the designated hitter coming back to Fayetteville, you think, do for uh, that lineup next year? Well, it gets you a guy that can can be in the middle of your order, and – it's a huge deal. I mean, I'm sure he got some free agent offers. 
but maybe they just weren't enough to compel him to, you know, not come back for one more year. And I mean, he 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 drove back down to Arkansas to to talk to the coaches, and they want him. Uh, Arkansas could use another bat. I mean, you got Stovall, you got Diggs, you know, you got a couple of other pieces, but to have a a veteran of his caliber who's got big power numbers. Um, he's just got to have a little bit more discipline at the plate. He went through a pretty big swoon in the middle of the season, but uh, Dave Van Horn and Nate Thompson stuck with him. He had the huge hit uh, that delivered the game winner in the Super Regional over North Carolina. Um, and you've got to think that another year into it, if he can improve his plate discipline a little bit more, he can help himself and possibly get some pro money you know, next year. But if he can have his average around 280, 270, um, drive in 50-plus runs, you know, have another 15, 16 home run season, that's, those are huge numbers for a team that is going to be needing uh, a veteran presence. And I, I think the fact that he didn't have a set position, like he wasn't a great right fielder, uh, not a great first baseman, but good, um, maybe he can find his way on the field a little bit more or just do it as a DH. Yeah. It's good to see Connor Nolan sign his deal with the Cubs over the weekend, and uh, this this gives you some more clarity on where the roster is headed moving forward. Yeah, so they'll have about another week to um, you know, to sign. August 1st, I believe, is the deadline. So I feel like Dave Van Horn and his staff are probably 90-plus percent sure on who's going to do what at this stage. Uh, and then, you know, whatever promises they've made with guys on – percentage of scholarship and all that will start slotting in and and uh we'll we'll see the roster come into focus tom good stuff as always we'll chat with you again on thursday outstanding y'all have a great week all right tom murphy arkansas democrat cassette whole hog sports with us mondays and thursdays on the morning rush it's hot take monday brought to you by wheels rv five miles west of exit 72 off of i-49 in springdale the best brands the best prices also a great rental program so if you want to try the camping lifestyle you want to try an rv or a motorhome you could do that with wheels just call or stop in and see uh, the folks at wheels and they'll show you what's available and maybe it matches up with the dates that you've got or maybe you've already got an rv but you got an extended family wanting to join you on a trip it's a great way to do that or try a larger, uh, bigger unit that if you're looking to trade up, they can help you with that as well. And a great way to kind of try all of that out. So check out the rental program at Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, and discover with Wheels RV. The morning rush is in Branson today. We're at the Hilton Convention Center. The uh, World Championships for the American Cornhole Organization is uh, all week long here in Branson. Five-day event for players. Uh, the world's best are here. It's open to pros who have qualified throughout the year. More details on the schedule, accommodations, and what to do is all at AmericanCornhole.com. All right, we'll get into our hog update coming up. we still got to talk a little bit more about these all-SEC and SEC selections to order finish. Arkansas at third. Any surprise on the east side? We talked about the west a little earlier, Tommy, but any, any surprise on the SEC east order of finish? Yeah, that Vanderbilt got a first-place vote. That would yeah. be the biggest uh, surprise that, that I've got, that Georgia didn't get them all. So, uh, I mean, and there's, there's some programs that deserve some of this, but to me, when you see a program like Vanderbilt get a first-place vote, it cuts to the core of the credibility of this entire ballot we're looking at. Georgia's one, Kentucky's two, Tennessee's three, Florida's four, South Carolina's five, Missouri is six, and then Vanderbilt is at 
seven. That is how the rankings played out. Yeah, I don't I just don't buy Kentucky as people are higher on Will Levis than myself. Tennessee, I think it could be more likely. South Carolina, that's kind of the trendy pick with Spencer Rattler and Stogner coming in. But Spencer Rattler, I think I, he's got to prove that he can do it in the Southeastern Conference. Right. It's one thing, and he had a, a good deal of success in the Big 12. You look at his wins and the number of touchdowns he threw, but it's just different when you're playing in the Southeastern Conference, and I think he's going to find that out when he comes to Fayetteville for his first SEC well, game in Week 2. Or, you know, you always like these counter-arguments. Is that a good test for the Arkansas defense Week 2? Oh, it is. Is it a great yeah. measuring stick? You know, you look at it, uh, he's going to find out come Fayetteville. Well, maybe Arkansas is going to find out where they stand against Absolutely. maybe one of the top four or five quarterbacks in the conference. So, uh, might be, you know, might be a good measuring stick for Barry Odom's defense as well, second game of the year. First Western Bank, we are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Guys, it's all about confidence when it's time for sex. Am I right? Sometimes stress, anxiety, or just a bad day can affect your performance and ruin the fun and passion for both of you. But don't worry. BlueChew.com is here to save the day. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Because Blue Chew is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done on Online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. Blue Chew tablets are made right here in the USA and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code BELIEVE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your first month free. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next with zero carbs coming to a liquor store near you in February. The crowd's into it. They just threw him out of the game. They just threw him out of the game. He's gotten his second technical and he's been thrown out of the ball game. Guys, I've got just one thing I want to say to you. Touchdown, Arkansas! Arkansas wins the national championship! The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season! This is your hog update on the morning rush. Brought to you by Mr. Sparky. Need a licensed electrician to service your home? For one of their local pros, call 888-8-SPARKY. Arkansas had four All-SEC selections that came out on Friday. Ricky Stromberg, Jalen Catalan, Bumperpool, and Brady Latham were all a part of that team, including two first-teamers with Jalen and Ricky, which I know people are excited to see one on both sides of the football. And I think uh, we, we heard from Sam Pittman, Tommy, last week that 
Uh, he asked Ricky if he had interest in going to SEC media days, and he told us he'd rather not. Clay had brought that up a week or so ago as well. But here's a guy that you're not necessarily going to hear the headlines every day, but Ricky's about as important to as anyone on that football team, especially offensively. Oh, all you got to do is miss a few snaps to realize how important center is, right? So, uh, absolutely, and one of the strongest guys on the team. So, we'll, uh, you know, Clay mentioned this uh, Friday when he was with us and before this list had even come out and talking about most important players and people turn to KJ, people turn to Catalan, people turn to Bumper Pool and the more popular names, but maybe the most important player on this team might just be Ricky Stromberg. And he is on the Remington Trophy preseason watch list given to the best center in college football. Now, help me with this. Jonathan Luigs won that in 07 or 06? I can't. Uh, six sounds right, but okay. I may be wrong on that. So he, I know Arkansas has. Seven sounds more right now that I stopped thinking about it. Sound has him. Is there any, Slept a few nights. Is there anyone that else that's won that award Arkansas-wise? Or is he just the only no, one? No, you've had two center? you've had two Remington Award winners okay. uh, up there. So uh Luigs and um who's the other one? I'm asking you. Okay. I don't know. No, there, there, there was two. I'm I'm drawing okay. a blank on it. But there, yeah. there there have been two Remington Award winners. Yeah, I, I just know Jonathan was one of them yeah. because he's more recent in my time. But yeah, there's one right right at Arkansas won it like back to back there. So okay. um it'll come to me in a minute. Okay. Uh Hogs got picked third in the SEC West, got one First place or one first place votes out of the West. You didn't get picked by anyone to win the SEC championship, but one person thinks that you are going to win at least the SEC West portion. What you brought up, but I didn't notice this until you had said something, is the difference between the closeness to you and A&M and a little further between you yeah. and Ole Miss. So I think more people th- expect you to compete and vie with Texas A&M for that second place spot than. Ole Miss maybe for that third place spot with you. Yeah, with 181 ballots, you just look at the points, you know, you know the, the values of that. I mean, whether or not you uh, put a lot of stock in that, at least from the 181 ballots, they got you a little closer to, uh, you know, to second than they do fourth, I guess. So. I saw the Razorback Foundation is doing three-game mini plans, which they've done single games, and they've done these. You got three games to pick this year. Which three games are you going to? Well, Bama's definitely one. I mean, I, some people are going to base on their schedule, but if, if I just pick the best three games or best three opponents, I definitely want to see uh, uh, Alabama. Probably Ole Miss would be second. LSU's probably another one that that uh, would be top of the list. But for some, it will be you know Cincinnati because you know it's the season opener and you kind of want to be there when the when the season kicks off. How much does the heat? going to maybe deter people from that opening game if it stays the way it's what it's been i know it's always hot first game i mean you you may get lucky you may get a day where the cloud cover comes in and the cold front pushes through and you know you know it's it's chilly it's a it's a it's a chilly 92 degrees you know rather than 102 degrees so i mean the bet you know what you hope for is like i said it's not gonna be cool but maybe you get something around 90 degrees that would make it uh, tolerable for the fans. So you never know. It's Arkansas. If you don't like the weather, wait a little bit. It's going to change. Last thing, Brady Slavens talked about this with Tom Murphy, announced that he's coming back. Should bolster that lineup, especially hitting-wise. And I did, based on what Tom's saying, he drove down, talked with the coaches. They wanted him back. Hopefully he'll be productive for Arkansas in this upcoming season. That's going to do it for your Hog Update, Drew. It is bought to you, brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. 
It's a great time to shop for jewelry. Our selection of inventory is wonderful, from very inexpensive boutique pieces to the finest diamonds and gemstones in the world. But now is such a cool time. No longer are you limited by one person's vision of beauty. We can make anything you can imagine. We can use your materials, or we can provide everything. You can see the finished jewelry as a 3D digital rendering before you even start the job. Start your journey of a lifetime with us at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Rush live from the Branson Hilton Convention Center. We're going to talk with some guys from ACO, American Cornhole Organization, coming up in just a bit. Best and worst to get to as well. I've had two great interviews so far to this point. I say that to three with Stuart Grimm, Adam Sparks, and Tom Murphy, which you can find in the Bud Light Next Morning Rush podcast, Tommy. Got a lot coming up. It's a Hot Take Monday brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west. Of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale, the best brands like Grand Design, Forest River, KZ, Heartland, Keystone, and Alliance, all at the best prices, and a lifetime warranty on every new RV that they sell at Wheels RV. Five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, and discover with Wheels RV. All right, we're in Branson this morning. Big, uh, big event going on this week, and I know a lot of us like to get out in the backyard or get at the tailgate, get at the campsite, and... Uh, you know, really enjoy some family time with Bago or Cornhole. But we got the world's best here in Branson this week for the World Championships. And uh, Finn's back with us. If, if you remember um, the last time we were here, uh, Finn was, was with us. How did that event go? And I know it's going to be a lot of fun this week as uh, now you brought in the, the best and the finest this week, uh, you know, for the, for the event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were here for what we call a major back in May over yeah. Memorial Day weekend. It's our final major tournament of the uh, of the season that went great and we used probably i don't know 40 percent of the space we're going to be using this week because this week i think we had we had a couple hundred players in this time we we're going to have all in friends family and everything about a thousand people so it should be a lot of fun it's the world's best it is we're going to have our uh, uh player of the season playoffs in some particular divisions and we've already crowned some so we're going to be here covering it head to toe. And we got Rich and Frank here with us. Uh, Rich, you were—I don't think you were with us last time. Uh, back no, they, in May. They, they, don't, they don't let me out very much. <laughs> so they uncaged <laughs> you for this. Uh, Rich, tell us tell us what you do here with the uh, with the ACO. Yeah, so. Well, I'm with the marketing and the entertainment division of the, uh, the whole na- of, of a- the ACO, sure. and I specifically do a show called. Uh, whole nation with me and my wife we produce it and uh it's it kind of encompasses the the entertaining side of the sport now, i remember uh, I, and you look familiar the minute you walked in i, said, I know that face and uh, and i hadn't been in jail recently i don't think you have either so i don't i don't think it's <laughs> you were on a show called hardcore pond pond yes that was out of a um Detroit, if I remember, it I was, remember watching yes, some yes. of those episodes and had uh, had a dad, a son, and a daughter. I think that ran the the pawn store there. Well, so. they didn't run it; they just kind of took advantage of all the running I did. <laughs> 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 so, how did you get from that to here? Um, luck, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I was 
Frank said something to me years ago when I first met him, and he said, I want you to come and experience the ACO. And I was like, what the heck is this guy talking about? I don't, I don't get it. And then he, he brought me out to one of the events. It was uh, my first experience to Worlds 14 in Vegas, Vegas I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and immediately when I walked into the, the venue, I understood what he meant. Yeah. Um, everybody welcomed me with open arms. It was just a, a large extension or a larger extension of my own family. And unless you really experience it, you don't know. I could talk to him blue in the face and explain it to you, but until you experience it, like Frank said, you're not going to know. Well, and that's something we talked about when you all were here last time, is we wanted you to come down and pitch some bags and meet some folk. But I think you had to bust out and get home for yet another event. But hopefully you'll get an opportunity when you yeah. get off today is come down because the convention center, we got both rooms now. Uh, being set up, mm-hmm. so you'll get to come down and kind of get a, a feel for it and no, pitch on those boards and bags. So we'd love to have you come down there and uh, and, and experience it, as Rich was saying. Finn, you told us something last time. I'm gonna forget the number, but how many states were represented? Because people from all over. Do you have that? Uh, we have, I think, 32 states okay. represented here at this tournament. And uh, honestly, it'd be more probably, but for gas prices, <laughs> I think to a certain degree is, is holding mm-hmm. some people back, but. Uh, and, and airline travel has become a, a complete crapshoot. So you don't even, I mean, they might have left last Thursday and may not even get here in time to no, that's true. be yeah. here. So, but I think, you know, a, a major, just Cedar Rapids, Iowa, or Kearney, you know, or wherever we go, there'll be 11 or 12 states represented at just a major tournament, but over 30 here coming to coming to go at it. So why Branson? I mean, you guys could probably go anywhere with an event this size. Why why do y'all choose Branson as your place well, to, uh, to host this? And, and and Frank can speak to this. He's spent since 2005 developing these relationships with different CVBs and, and, and folks like Stuart and, and Tara here. But we did a what we called a pro series event that we shot for a TV production last year. Loved this space. And so he's worked out. So we'll do our final major here, Memorial Day, every year as long as they'll have us. We do rotate where the world championships go. So it just so happened that we were here in May. We're back for this this year. Okay. But next year, we'll be making the announcement very soon as to where we'll have the Worlds. Next year, we've been everywhere from Vegas. We'll go Owensboro. There's a lot of different cities right now that he's actually talking to, and we try to keep a rotation. And it's such a great family place. Yeah. And, you know, you can so find different events and so much to do. There's Whether it's an amusement park at Silver Dollar City, the water with the, with the trout fishing on Tanny Como, or you can go to the lake and Table Rock. There's great restaurants. Great, I mean, We're in one of the finest hotels you're going to stay sure. in right here. So. So much, so much to see and do, Rich. There is, there is, and that's that, part of the thing that Frank has put together for the worlds every year. Is a lot of the families are involved in traveling because it takes a lot of traveling to do uh, what these pros do in cornhole every year. So they, their families follow them around the, the country when they're going to the majors. So he wants to be able to make sure that the place that we go to, that we have worlds because we are spending a week here, has something for the entire family, not just for the players that are going to be out on the courts. Yeah, I've watched some of this on since we were here in May. I've, I've kind of paid more attention to when it's on TV and you can see it. And one of the things, kind of like tennis, you know, where uh, regardless of male or female, regardless of age, uh, you know, it, it's about the touch. It's about the feel. And, and really anyone, you, you know, th- there's not a strength difference. There's not a height difference. It's, it, it's about that, that specific feel. And really anybody from any age, size, height, weight, strength yeah. can compete. It's about getting your butt kicked by a 10-year-old. It, that's exactly. What that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were kind of like tennis or golf. I thought know? you were going to say it's like tennis, where you're like two hours later, like, am I still watching? No, this? my knee, my knee still, <laughs> my, my knee hurts, hurts all of a sudden. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying, you know, yeah. if you can 
if you can hone that skill in, it doesn't matter if you're 17 or 77. Right. You can you can be competitive oh. at this. And I've been beat by each one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you can knock it down to seven. To yeah. 77. We've got kids now that are launching the bag, you know, 27 feet and and getting it in the hole. And and our it's it's not long. It's not going to be long. We have we crown what we call the king or the queen of cornhole. Well, whoever wins the singles division, it's not going to be long before we have a junior and under 18. Be at the top, the top person in the it sport. It very well could be this could year. Could be this year. So no. my question to what he just made is: It more embarrassing to lose to a seventy-seven-year-old or a ten-year-old? What do you hate more? Well, I have so yes. much experience in in all of that. It's hard for me to choose which one I I hated the most. Yeah. Well, I, I played. Uh, I think I was in Augusta, Georgia, and I don't play. I'm just the announcer, so yeah. I, I'm not really very good. But Frank says. Oh, come on, I'm putting you in the tournament. We're not, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I went out and, and uh, I got beat by, uh, I think, an eight-year-old. Uh, my first game wow. out didn't score a point. <laughs> and then I got beat by uh, a guy we call Slow Ride and, and Slow Ride's mama. She whooped me. I didn't score a point. <laughs> Slow Ride's I didn't, mama. I didn't score a point until Bradenton, Florida last year in the Lifetime member. I'm a Lifetime member because I got the tattoo. Yeah. So I have wow. the ACO tattoo. But there's 80-some of us. And so I got in that tournament. And I won my first game <clears throat> the way I like to win, uh, forfeit. I, won, I got a bye in the first round. Uh, so I won one game. It's and, the sweetest victory of all. Isn't it? And I scored a point. I'll never forget this. It was my Facebook cover photo. Me over the scoreboard one, at one point yeah. against Scott Mitchell. And it ended up being 21-2 to two was the final. How did I you ever up, get two, right? Well, I walked up on him later, and I found out he kind of gave me that one. I, did, I was dancing around. I'm like, I got two points. I got two points. And I finally goes, I kind of gave well, two. So. Stewart was telling us earlier that he was, I mean, he had his just normal toss-the-bag technique, and then was he learned how to spin it. Spin it, yeah. And he started doing that. Now, I have, I don't, in no way, shape, or form, the friends that I play with competitive and can compete at this, but we do have a bunch of us have, the, like, the, the whole technique where you just grab it by your thumb and your your index finger, some spin it, some guys throw it really high up in the air. It's, it's, it's crazy to see the different varieties. I mean, you mm-hmm. think, oh, there's just one way to throw a bag. It's not the case at all. No. As a matter of fact, we'll say you'll come down there if you come down and see if there are 500 people I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, right? There's yeah. 500 different ways to throw. Th- there is. The I, I always Do they all myself. consist, though, of beer in the other hand? And yes. Because uh, that's how it is in my backyard. This yeah. is the official sound of the ACO, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's our official. Yeah. That's like, as soon as you do that, people's ears perk up. Yeah. Yeah. There's a cornhole tournament how, how did I get here? Yeah. How did yeah. I get here? Yeah. I just woke up. I, that sound that's how it works in my backyard. But yeah. honestly, I mean, there's no coincidence that, you know, your beer will be 16 ounces and your uh, bag weighs 16 ounces. Yeah. It's, it's all about balance. It's a counterbalance. Really? Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but seriously, these guys, I mean, we're around athletes in other sports. We're around people that compete in other sports. And I know there's probably some rolling their eyes at the idea. That, but there's a lot of time, I'm sure, that oh, no. you know that these guys are, and gals are spending on their own just pitching bags and, and, and honing. It's, it's muscle memory. It's, it's no different probably than any other sport as far as the time commitment yes. um, you know, to, to get to a point like this where you're competing for a world championship. These guys are putting thousands and thousands of hours, thousands and thousands of bags of practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll tell you from experience, um, because I pick up my wife's bags, um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, – uh, if you do take some time off, it does affect your game. It's not one of those things that you can just go, eh, you know, this week I'm going to go and play, and maybe next month I'm going to go play, and I'm going to be competitive. No, you got to get out there every day, and you got to practice your bags because it's not just throwing the bag onto the board or into the hole. There's a strategy about the game, and you have to know who your opponent is and how you throw the bags and what your strategy is. If they're guys that just slide the, the bag straight up the board into the hole every time, well, 12 
12 versus 12, 12 meaning you get 12 points possibly per, mm-hmm. per round. If you, if you get 12 and they get 12, the points are zero. So you can play that game all day long, but what you need to do is find the strategy that, that figures out that you can block his bag from sliding up into the hole, and that's where that, all of that strategy and that, that chess game goes. So the guys that are just throwing the bag into the hole may be at a disadvantage for a guy that can throw a blocker. My strategy might be just screaming and yelling, Noonan, Noonan, or something like that during their, uh, their back. That might be the only strategy I might have that would maybe have an effect on it. Well, and I think the other thing, too, that the technology of the bags, there are as many, there are more, if this puts it in perspective, the mm-hmm. number of different types of bags uh, is now almost equal or more than the number of craft beers that are out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many different styles of bags with a stick side, a slick side and a stick side and different things. And uh, the different mixture of the, the, the resins pellets, inside of the, yeah. the, the, the bags make a difference and on, some on are, the way they rea- react to the board. Well, some, are, some are very hole-friendly. They'll get up there, and I always call that the, uh, the Salvador Dali. It's like the dripping clock. Mm-hmm. It'll, eventually, it's going to find its way in. Some are heavier, and, or, or not. They feel kind of heavier, thicker, or whatever, till they're broken in, and they stick maybe more. So, But what's crazy is, and to Rich's point, you got your slide shot. You got your block shot. You got your airmail, the one that up. Mm-hmm. That, so you're probably you've got friends that have figured out an airmail, how to get it up and over. Oh, yeah. And a push shot. So you can put your bag in front to block, and then you can push and take your bag in. But these younger players have just developed this roll shot now, and it has everything to do with the way you grip the bag and let it go out of your hand. It Instead of having to shoot the airmail, which can be risky because you can mm. go off the back, they'll hit in front, and it'll roll up over the blocker bag and into the hole. So and what they can I, do that on purpose. So what I've learned in the last minute is what me and my buddies are doing in the backyard is uh, is not even approaching amateurish yet. <laughs> that's we have no clue what's going on. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but it's okay. But you're having yeah. fun. We're having fun, and I think that's the point of the whole. Because thing. what twenty seven feet and the hole is how big? Six inch diameter. Yeah, and twenty seven. The feet bag edge is sixteen edge, ounces. Sixteen ounce bag. Yeah, there's a lot more that goes into this than just uh, making sure the beer's cold. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it it is just come down to that. But yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. right. I was going to say none of them more important than that. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. In order of appearance. Yeah. All right. So five days of this. Um, hopefully your liver can stand it. Um, <laughs> tell us what's going on. I know the the opening ceremonies are tonight, and the finals are on Saturday. Kind of walk us through because I know there's folks listening that hey, I'm not going to be in Branson until Wednesday or Thursday this week. Last minute summer vacation. School starting in a month. Blah blah blah. Right. What can they see kind of throughout the week? Oh, well, everything starts in earnest competition-wise tomorrow. We have our opening party for our players and everyone. Tonight, we're going to be up at Tommy Hawks. The, uh, one of our certified officials owns the uh, axe-throwing place, so we're going to go up and pitch How about that? some cornhole up there mm-hmm. and have some fun tonight because, as I mentioned before, there's two things that the folks in this organization do. They play cornhole. When they're not playing cornhole, they're looking for a place to play cornhole. Ah. So those are the two main things. But the competition starts tomorrow. We'll run through all of our divisions, qualifying, and a tailgater, which is open to the public. Uh, anybody that wants to come in and enter, they can enter to, to play and win in that with some of our bag manufacturers, cool prizes and trophies, one-of-a-kind jerseys that our pros can't play in. They're not They're not. Uh, allowed to play in this mm-hmm. tailgater, but you can so no in. sandbaggers in that. <clears throat> correct, know. correct, right. exactly. <laughs> so, and you have an opportunity to win a jersey that they can't win. Uh, but does it uh, say Bush's beans on the front? Seems like all of them have that on. No, the front. no, that's uh, I don't. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, the um, <laughs> but uh, and it all wraps up on, on Championship Saturday. So all of our finals will be streamed on Center Court and. Uh, we have awards presentations. Well, now we got the Hay Goods, who are the top show here in yep. Branson, coming out to do the national anthem for us on Saturday. You so always see them fun. last night, did you? Uh, the other night, night we four, did. Yeah, yeah night was four that? Last. It was great, great yeah. show. Uh, he ended up uh, on the Kiss Cam with uh, 
What was that guy's name? Uh-huh. <laughs> Finn. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, as, as Finn was saying, the, the tailgater, which is a great yeah. event. Uh, it's, it's off of the main court, which is right next to our merchandise area, which is giant this year. We have uh, Sonia Gears is in charge of our merchandise this year, mm-hmm. and she has just taken it by the bull by the horns, and she's made this huge area with the most spectacular new merch. I mean, it's stuff that we haven't even seen. Yeah. It's, it's stuff that hasn't even been presented to the to the ACO yet. And everybody has a chance to come down here and get the best gear that they can for uh, for from the, for the to ACO. Um, but right next to that, like I was saying, is the the tailgater. Now the tailgater tournament, like Frank said, or like Finn said, um, is open to the public. Anybody can play, and they have two tournaments per day. I think one is at one o'clock, and the other one is at five o'clock, um, and that goes all the way through the week. So any time of the day uh, between at one and one and one and five, anybody can come in off the streets. Any of the, the local people that want to enjoy and and experience, as I said sure. earlier, the ACO are welcome to come down and take part. And of that. here's and here's the best part. Rich, see right here. See what's that word? Uh, give rich the money. No, next oh, to that, free, free. My bad. Yeah, yeah. There's, that, there's the word Dad's looking for if right it's free, now. It's for me. It, That's it, right. Four dollar gas. Give me some free stuff. So yeah. this is, you know, this is a free deal and great way in the air conditioning to entertain yeah. the family. For free. Yep. And we have both rooms working, so the uh, main competition is in the main convention center floor space. And you can just come watch. I mean, honestly, you will find yourself mesmerized by watching some Mm -hmm. of these players. And you will watch some people like, how did they even get the bag out of their hand, much less into the hole as often as they do with that pitch? And then you go over here and, like you said, watch an 8-year-old. Just uh, you know, kick everybody's ass. Annihilated. The, you know, back into, yeah. I'm just should, hoping to hit the board. There, should be, <laughs> there right. should be a disclaimer here, though, because I will tell you, it is the most addicting sport that you will oh. ever play in your life. Once you start throwing a bag, it's over. It's over. Just letting you know. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, I, I always talk about, and, and I guess maybe Tommy, to your point, I have my own series of bags. One of our manufacturers is nice to make a series. <laughs> they're called carpet burns. Yeah, and uh, they're never in danger of getting splinters. No. I'll just tell you that because they're I'm very rarely on the wood. So uh, our, our games might take a while because exactly. Yeah, it, it might take a while for anyone to score and get yeah. to that point. You so. and I'll start this morning as if we're done by Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Get <laughs> one game in. All right, AmericanCornhole.com. That's where you'll find schedules. You can find more details about everything that uh, Rich and Finn and. Frank, we appreciate you, uh, you know, having us here uh, for this event. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting down on the floor here when Got the show's to. over. Got so, to. It's um, going to be a lot of fun. Guys, y'all uh, have a fun week, and uh, we we'll see you down there to pitch some bags a little bit later. We'll see you there. Now, don't be throwing at my face to try to put me in the dunk tank. I know you talked about oh, the clown. Yeah. You are yeah. talking about hitting the clown in the face. Don't do that when you get down there. <laughs> yeah, we, so we'll, what typically happens is when, when one of our buddies beats the other and it ends up he goes off the board of the game, ends at 21, the other one immediately tries to chuck his remaining bag. Yeah. Right. We're not on that same level of friendship, friends. So I don't, Finn. I, I don't feel like I can do that with you. But yeah, we've had some, some like the pellets have gone in someone's like eye before. Oh, is that like, right? Yeah. Like one contact of the contact sport. It one of, like, one of the know. bags busted, and it like it, his he. I have still the remnants of a black eye from a basketball elbow. But yeah, we've we've had black eyes before for pain. Uh, I've never heard oh, of, a, of a cornhole injury. I, full contact. Nature, yeah, full contact. Cornhole. Maybe that's the next iteration. Or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ACO extreme. Or, yeah. or when you when you win and you're you're double fist in and you leave a certain area vulnerable and you just leaves your right for oh, the yeah. picking to get yeah. pegged right there. Mm-hmm. So we're we're pretty intense about our cornhole, but that's just because we're stupid twenty seven year olds. So right on, different. right on. Well, we'd love to have you down. Come All on, right, we'll be down there in just a little bit. So, is the beer cold yet? 
Oh yeah, it's always gold. It's always <laughs> gold. That was the first thing we did when we got there. You here. go. I think we bought all the ice between uh, home and here. <laughs> Never have too much to ice. My kind of guys again. AmericanCornhole.com. Ty for uh, for all the details for the uh, for the week ahead. So Bud Light Next is available nationwide today. Anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama. Cole Hahn, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. When raising a Pacifico beer with friends you just met turns into hitting up their friend's local art show, getting inspired to create something together, and painting your first mural, you found what was waiting for you. Pacifico. Life's waiting. 21 plus only. Discover responsibly. Pacifico Clara Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.